bringing you truth, justice, and the American way of making money. I'm John Adams. Glad to have you aboard. It is 11.01, according to the official EMR network clock. As you can see, I'm not high atop the EMR tower in beautiful downtown Decatur. Instead, I'm at Southern Command Headquarters here on beautiful St. Simons Island, and we're glad to have you with us on this special edition of the John Adams Radio Show, except it's there's no radio involved. It's uh, a Zoom call. But in any case, I'm delighted to have you with us. We've got so much to cover this week. Um, first, I need to tell you this is very exciting. Um, next week, my very special guest is going to be the author of this book and one of the great real estate trainers of all time, Mr. John Shaw. And um, he's got an event coming up in Tampa that I'm thinking about going to. I'm, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, we have such breaking news and such important stuff going on today that I was unable to have Mr. Schaub's interview um, edited properly and available for you today. So we will have it next week where we can give it more time because we've got so much that we need to deal with today. Our gold sponsor, again, is Peter Burke at Reliant Mortgage. Peter will be joining us a little bit later in the program, but if you need a mortgage for any reason, and by the way, rates are so low right now. This is unbelievable. If you're not refinancing everything you have, you're crazy. Um, I'm getting to a stage in my life where things are starting to get paid off. Some things are already paid off, and that feels pretty good. But now's the time to borrow at 2.9% for 30-year fixed and put it in the stock market for crying out loud. You're going to get an average annual rate of return in the neighborhood of 9-10% over a 15-year period. Why not? If you can borrow at three and invest at nine, how often would you do that and how much would you want to do that? And I think the answer is as much as you could, as long as you could. But call Peter now, 678-557-9759. And we're also sponsored by my friend Bill Preston out at American Comfort Heating, Cooling, and Air Quality. Call them at 678 678- 809-7959. I love the uh, tagline, bringing comfort to America one house at a time. And then we go right back to Peter, bringing money to America one house at a time. <laughs> so I don't know. The you know, first thing you should be asking is who is John Adams and why should you listen to me? Hey, look, there's my uh, high school graduation picture. Well, I think there are a number of reasons, but I have been around a long time, and I've never been arrested, never been bankrupt, so that certainly uh, bodes well. Most importantly, perhaps, I am an Eagle Scout, which means I am trustworthy. So let's get started. Our hot topics today. I predicted this. I'm not kidding. You heard it here first. I questioned the constitutionality of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention telling you and me that we cannot collect rent on our property. 
what in the Sam Hill is that all about? I talk about a stretch. And I told you right here two weeks ago that I had examined the Constitution of the United States in detail, and I saw one, nothing about the CDC. It's not even mentioned. And two, nothing about the federal government's involvement in Georgia landlord-tenant laws or in any state's landlord-tenant laws. And what I'm suggesting, and, and I told you two weeks ago, was that this is a shameless slap in the face of your right to own private property, and somebody's gonna question the constitutionality of it. And guess what? They did. CDC was sued last week in federal court. Wouldn't surprise me a bit if this made it up to the Supreme Court. We'll see who is announced today at five o'clock. And I'll be watching, I'll bet you will as well. Uh, we'll be talking about how to create wealth in little rental houses. And that's why I'm so excited to have John Schaub with us next week. Uh, Margie and I have flown to Sarasota. We have um, uh, been to the three-day course that John puts on about once a year. It's the best training I've ever uh, been involved in. I, my, friend, my friends Danny and Ann Williams uh, know John very well. I brought John Schaub to Atlanta. How many years ago was that, Margie? When? A long time. What? Does this mean I'm getting old? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, John was kind enough to fly to Atlanta and um, be my very special guest at Emory University at the Real Estate Investors Institute, where he held forth. Um, and that was just a great weekend. And uh, some we had a packed audience, and I'm so glad you got to um, uh if you did, that you guys got to participate in. I've got a recording of that somewhere. We need to dig that up. Anyway, John will be with us next week, uh, but we will be talking today about creating wealth in little rental houses, which has worked for me and for so many other people. Swami Dave is gonna be talking about Instagram, and I can't wait to learn because I've never done an Instagram, and I don't even know what an Instagram is. Um, Boy, have we got some breaking news for you. Don't touch that dial. Zillow is coming to Georgia as a licensed real estate brokerage firm in 2021. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Zillow Realtors. They're cutting you guys out. They are going to slit your throat if you let them. So all I'm saying is you better get ready now. Uh, we're going to have Peter Burke talk to us about our interest rates and what he sees happening in the mortgage market. This is such an exciting time to see about getting a loan. And we've got the best lender in Georgia right here um, uh, on the real estate coffee break. And then I'm going to share with you why I love Rottenwood and Cat Pete. I love dead animals. I love, well, we'll talk about this later, but 
some of you know why and the rest of you are going to learn in the next 50 minutes. And finally, I'm going to talk about why I love debt. In fact, I may go into that with Peter Burke just to try to get through it. So let's get started here. Housekeeping, please turn off your phone. I know it's a terrible distraction and I know you want to check email and everything, but please turn it off. Raise your hand if you would like to talk with me. We are going to try this week to bring you into this program with calls. Now, you will not be on video. That is reserved for me here in the Sanctum Sanctorum. That's a little Latin for those of you in San Luis Obispo. But I just want you to know if you want to participate, and you can raise your hand, go put your cursor down at the bottom of the screen, please. And one of your options is raise, Margie, do they have a raise your hand option? Well, I do. Down at the bottom, you should have, there's chat, raise hand and Q and A. If you raise your hand, um, Margie is gonna come on and chat with you, I think. Is that right, Marge? Yes. Okay, and then um, we'll put you on audio only so you and I can talk just like the old John Adams radio show. Huh, we've been working on this for years. I think we're finally getting it, uh, but that'll be fun. And uh, you can enter, if you have questions you just want me to address, type those please into Q&A and I'll deal with those at the end of the program. If you'd rather not go on the air, I understand that. That's perfectly all right. And your picture will not appear on this program because the good news is this is a Zoom webinar and you don't have that capacity. So we'll be doing about 45 minutes of presentation, 15 minutes of Q&A. We will have this recording available for three days. The eviction cheat sheet which you may be wondering, what good is this? Well, it's still available at money99.com under resources, I think. And then finally, um, I did send the survey out, but I got very few answers. So I'm going to send the survey out again. Margie, can we send that out this afternoon? All right, you're gonna get the survey. And if you don't answer it, I'm going to show up at your house and knock on the door and say, hey, Time to answer the survey, please, because I need to know, you know, where your brain is. All right. Our number one goal in 2020 is to stay occupied and collect the rent. With, you know, with the CDC moratorium in effect, this is not an easy task, but I just want you to know that's your number one goal. Your number two goal is to boost your income at all levels and lower your expenses at all levels. And if you can get through the end of 2020, I think we've got a vaccine on the way. I don't think we are ever gonna be exactly the same as we were, but I do believe that for most Americans, the best investment they ever make is their own home. The best time to buy a house was 20 years ago. The second best time to buy a house is today. And most people never do anything. Are you with me? Most people just sit around their whole life and say, well, I, I found a good deal, but I didn't have any money. I, I, wasn't, I didn't know it was such a good, if I'd have known it was that good, I'd have bought it. 
Okay, I'm telling you, it's that good. All right, I believe that the average American with average resources and average education can retire comfortably on as few as 10 little houses. And you're gonna see that today. So if you want to talk with me, raise your hand right now, please. And, and uh, we will talk, okay? Now, um, okay, what are our topics for today? Uh, we, CDC was sued, and we're, we already talked about all of these. Okay, so let's just move on. Um, he, the National Apartment Association, which represents 85,000 rental units. Have you got that? 85,000 rental units, or is it 85,000 landlords? I don't know, but they're big. Um, they announced uh, a couple days ago that they're taking legal action against the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for uh, their nationwide eviction moratorium. They are joining a lawsuit originally brought last week by the New Civil Liberties Alliance, which is a nonprofit uh, civil liberties pro bono law firm that seeks to prevent government intrusion upon um, individual citizens' rights. And I think you have a right to own private property without the government telling you whether, the, you whether you can or can't collect rent. And so the NCLA is challenging in federal court the legality and constitutionality of that order. Now, it's you versus CDC et al. Uh, actually, it's Jones versus Azar et al, but I like you versus CDC better. Um, the, and I'm just going to sort of read the highlights here as we go through. The National Apartment Association reiterated their argument that federal agencies do not have powers to waive state laws and that the CDC has encroached on private property rights with no legal authority. And I, sorry, I've examined the Constitution. I'm no constitutional scholar, but there's nothing in it about the CDC. Rental housing industry advocates maintain that they should not be held responsible. You and I, boys and girls, you and I should not be held responsible for solving the nation's housing crisis, and government agencies should not trade one crisis for another, which is exactly what they're doing. They're putting on your back the burden of, oh, what happens if these people get evicted? Well, what happens if they get evicted is you get your property back, so now you can try to clean it up, repaint it, uh, put it back on the market and hopefully get some rent in to pay the damn taxes, insurance, um, interest, and maintenance and everything else that goes on. Why, where is a moratorium, please, on property taxes? That's what I'd like to see. Oh, no, we could never do that. The lawsuit argues that rental housing providers, especially mom and pop, listen to me, there are 46 million rental units in the United States of America today, more or less, about 46 million. Fully 23 million of those are owned by mom and pop operators. I'm not talking about post properties or caliber 
or, or any of these massive companies. I'm talking about people like you and me. And it is simply unfair. Um, people like you and me have been irreparably, that's a word that I learned at Emory, irreparably damaged by the CDC order and its overreach because we do not have the ability to absorb delinquent rent and still pay the bills required to keep communities operational and keep tenants in their homes. We can't do it. The CDC moratorium is overly burdensome and it undermines owner obligations to provide safe and affordable housing. How am I supposed to pay for repairs if the person isn't paying rent? I don't know where the money's gonna come from. Many rental providers are unable to collect rent under the order, especially past due rent. Okay, you're never going to see that money. Um, and that limits our ability to pay taxes, mortgages, insurance, and utilities, and to provide contracted services to other residents who have paid their rent. Well, well, somebody finally is on our side. Um, I just want you to know about Sonia Jones. Last week, Sonia Jones joined the new Civil Liberties Alliance lawsuit as a plaintiff. Sonia is not a rich person. She is an egg farmer about 60 miles from where I am sitting here on beautiful St. Simons Island, the crown jewel of Georgia's coastal empire. She is in Odom, Georgia. Have you ever been to Odom? I'll bet you've never been to Odom, Georgia. I got news, there's nothing. There is a Pierce Furniture in Odom, Georgia. And uh, it's just outside of Jessup, if that gives you any <coughs> indication of where it is. And by the way, Jessup ain't much either, but it's a lot bigger than Odom, I can tell you that. She runs a, a chicken farm. She's got about 70,000 chickens, which is not small, not a small operation, but it's also not a big chicken. I mean, we're not talking um, um, Purdue chicken farms here. I mean, this is just a rural uh, chicken farmer and she uh, produces eggs. And over the last 22 years, as she's earned a little money, she has been buying some rental houses for her retirement. Here's what she says. Listen to this. When you work by yourself, you really, you don't really have retirement. Duh. Hello. Is this getting through to any of you? You don't really have retirement. So that's what I'm trying to do. Just build that up so that, you know, when I retire, I will have something. Thank you. She is providing for herself. Okay. Self-government without self-discipline just won't work, people. And we have no self-discipline today, except for Sonia Jones. Recently, she's felt like that something doesn't belong to her. One of her tenants fell behind on the rent, blah, blah, blah. She tried to evict, and the judge had some bad news. He told Sonia Jones the CDC is prohibiting most evictions for non-payment of rent until the end of the year. 
open and of course i'm sure they're going to extend it why not make it permanent doesn't cost anything if the federal government wanted tenants to not have to pay rent then the federal government could write checks directly to you and me how's that for a solution has anybody ever thought about these things no amazing and so sonia jones asked this question what right do they have to tell me i can't have my own property and i think that is a very good constitutional question as we are announcing today the selection of a nominee to the supreme court of the united states now this is not a political forum and i'm not going to go there i'm just going to tell you how important the constitution of the united states is to you and me as real estate professionals or as investors or as homeowners. You better read the Constitution. You better know what it says. Freedom is not free. Okay? So I'm on my high horse today. I want to know what you think. Raise your hands right now. And uh, Margie, have we got anybody that wants to talk? Margie can't see them for some reason. All right, put it in chat. Um, there are, huh? Well, I just raised my hand. Oh, oh let me show you how to, to look at it. You ready? Uh -huh. Go to participants, okay. go to attendees, and you'll see the hands are raised. Okay? So um, let's see, I'm just gonna look down here. I don't, nobody has their hand. Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> oh, you have to do it when, the, yeah, they do. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to talk to Teach Out and I am allowing him to talk. Hi, Teach Out, you need to unmute your microphone and say hello, thanks for waiting and welcome to the program. Hey, John, uh, I got two vacancies coming up the 1st of October, and I'm really worried. Should I just wait till the end of the year to try to rent and, you know, just keep them vacant? Because with the CDC thing, they're like tying your hands. I know. I know. This is crazy. Um, here is my advice. Remember that the CDC declaration hinges on the fact that your tenant has to swear under oath, under penalty of perjury, which I don't think most of my tenants are concerned about at all, but theoretically under penalty of perjury that in the event they were evicted, they would become homeless or they would have to live in a congregate living environment. And it's only for non-payment of rent. So here's the question. The question is you can legally ask if you lost your job, and had to move out of here, do you have any place to go? That is not an illegal question. That is not a, uh, um, the, the, that's not a fair housing violation. It, it goes to the issue of your finances. And I think you have every right in the world to rent only to people that have satisfactory savings and to rent only to people 
that have, let's say, family members nearby that could take them in. And then later, if this person says, oh, well, I'm not going to pay my rent because I'd become homeless, I think you could at that point challenge them based on their application. So whether or not that works, teach out, I don't know, but I sure do like the question. And it's one that I hope will be brought up at this uh, federal lawsuit uh, that I think is going to move fairly quickly through the federal courts. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, if you don't rent it, you're out the rent anyway. So I I just don't see any downside um, to renting it. And you could also ask for the first three months in advance. That would be October, November, December. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't have to give rent back. That's not a bad idea. I just I I just thought of that, but uh, that's my thought. Um, so. Any follow-up? I appreciate the call. All right. I think that's it. I appreciate the call. Now, um, who else wants to say something? My friend. Oh, it's Tom. Hi, Tom. Uh, Tom, I have uh, opened your mic. So, Good morning, John. Good morning, Tom. How are you, my friend? All right. And look, I am not the professional. I'll use one of your lines that uh, I'm not an attorney. I just play one on the internet. That's right. Um, <laughs> but one of the referrals that you gave me to a group to listen into, I've been listening, listening patiently with a lot of feedback about these rentals being open like this. And one of the great feedbacks I heard yesterday from a gentleman said, and this will be for teach out is to only to only accept month to month rental leases right now when you do your background check one of the questions besides your question of being homeless one of the questions to ask is have you in the past 12 months left the home because of non-payment of rent during the during the pandemic or or not paid your rent during the pandemic that's an automatic disqualification. Yep. And if you do a month-to-month, -month, if you do a month-to-month -month lease, you can also get first month, security deposit, and last month's rent. You're right. You get three months up front. I like that, it. That should be the best coverage you can do for right now without well, leaving. And the other, the other advantage of a month-to-month -month lease is if you write it into the lease that either party can terminate on 30 days' notice, um, which you can, you have a right to put that in your lease and the termination in that case would not be due to non-payment. It would be due to, um, the lease being ended. Not renewed. Yeah. yeah not, renewed. not renewed. So I like that. In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Tom. I will produce, um, a cheat sheet on that for this afternoon. And I will put that up at the real estate coffee break website. Great call, Tom. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Talk to you real soon. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Very good. If you'd like to join us, all you need to do is put your cursor down at the bottom of your screen and raise your hand. And we're taking your questions right here on the real estate coffee break. Let me forge ahead and just rem refresh your memory on 
this CDC eviction moratorium. Um, it applies only when the tenant prevent, presents you with their CDC declaration. And that's a form. Do we have that in the website? Yeah. It's on the website. I don't know why you'd want it. You certainly don't want to make it available to your tenants. Uh, if they can find it themselves, trust me, there's plenty of legal aid types out there who are making it uh, possible for you. And um, the person has to state that they do not expect to make $99,000. They're unable to make any payment, which I find hard to believe, and that moving will cause them to become homeless or force them into congregate living. Now, this is not a blanket moratorium. And caller Tom is exactly right. If the lease naturally ends, you do not have to renew. So by having a month-to-month -month written lease situation, it ends on a monthly basis and then is renewed at the option of both parties. But no one's required to renew. This is a great solution. Um, the magistrate courts are open, but how they're reacting is very confusing. If you can swear out a dispossessory warrant, which you'd do much better on by putting leases terminated, this would be a proceeding against tenant holding over, okay? And I'm, my guess is if you go to a clerk's desk at the clerk's superior court to file your um, uh, dispossessory warrant, they're gonna say, what are you filing for? If you say non-payment of rent, they're gonna say, I'm sorry, we're not taking those. But if you say tenant holding over, and the lease has, has, has naturally terminated, they're gonna take that. At that point, the marshal's gonna deliver the summons, the tenant must answer, or you win, and you get a writ of possession, and you get a monetary judgment, all of which I like. So those are some thoughts. Um, we talked about this last week. I think each clerk of court is waiting for clarification and instructions. We got 159 counties in Georgia. Somebody last week said their evictions are going just fine. Where was that? Troop County, LaGrange. So thank you for that. By the way, if you'd like to join me on air, please raise your hand, put your cursor at the bottom of the screen and click on raise hand and I will unmute you and you can join the conversation. Um, I think this is gonna have to end up being settled by the Georgia Supreme Court based on um, counsel's advice from the Attorney General of Georgia. I'm, I may be way off base, I don't know. Uh, right now, a lot of things are up in the air, especially the CDC order, which is gonna be in federal court soon but you can help decide. And I'd love for you to write your congressman. I'd love for you to uh, go to the new Civil Liberties Alliance at nclalegal.org and make a donation of five bucks, maybe 10 bucks, whatever you can afford. These people are pro bono attorneys. That means they're not charging for their time and they are trying to keep the federal government in check. Who was it that said, I think this was said by Thomas Jefferson, where the government fears 
people. Where the government fears the people, there is liberty. Where the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And this business of the CDC telling me that I can't collect my rent feels like tyranny to me. I don't know about you. Um, call your representatives, complain about the CDC. And this is just a final thought. Many of you have been very generous to the, the uh, political action committee we have here. It's Americans for Democratic Action in Modern Society. Or you can just make your checks payable to ADAMS and send it to P.O. Box 98 Indicator. I'll make sure that it gets to the right place. So um, wanted to remind you real quickly, if you're in the market, uh, today is Saturday. This deal ends tomorrow at Home Depot. This is a great ladder. And no, I'm not, uh, a, I don't get a kickback on ladder sales. I just know how much ladders cost. This is about a $200 ladder. It's uh, got a 375 pound load capacity. Those of us who are normal sized appreciate a 375 pound load capacity. I, why do they make most ladders for midgets? I, I don't understand that, um, you know. And now no one over 110 pounds should get on. Margie weighed more than 110 pounds when I married her. Just barely. Just barely, she says. <laughs> oh, dearie, dear. I mean, we ought to put that picture up on the screen here. Um, not that picture. Uh, 22 foot is a good ladder. This is one of these fancy uh, multi-position ladders. And I, you know, over here it does this, it, it has different heights on stairs, which is pretty cool. But the other thing I love is this, this is the outer part of the ladder. This is the inner part of the ladder. And now this is scaffolding. This does not come with it. So you'd have to provide something else for your scaffolding. But these, the ladder itself has the strength and the capacity to hold up this scaffolding and let you get up at a level where you can work in a safe and stable manner. And um, if you've ever fallen off a ladder, which I have, uh, look at that, 22 feet. That's a pretty good deal. For a hundred bucks, it's at Home Depot, but the deal is it ends tomorrow. And I don't know if that means you can still get it tomorrow or it ends tonight at midnight. I'm guessing that means it ends Sunday at 11.59 p.m., but I'm not sure. My advice is go get one today. Lee Grider, uh, I think, um, Lee, did you say you bought two of these? I think he did. Um, Lee went out, was so excited, he bought two of these, and uh, I don't blame him. I'd buy one, but I already have two. I just sometimes go out and climb them just because it's so much fun. Okay, here we go. Whoops. Got to get over here. All right, it is now time for my friend Peter Burke, if he is here. Margie, can you help me find Peter? I hope he's here. Hello, Peter. Um, yes, he is. And I'm going to... Um, how do I promote him to more? Wait a minute. I, I've lost him now. He's gone. 
Hello, Peter. Hello, John. Hello, Margie. Hello, everybody out there. I've lost you. Uh, would, would you help him become a panelist so I can see him? He's not. Oh, there. No. No. Hold on. You can use the wheel. He was right there a second ago under P, and I said, allow to talk. And see, he's gone now. We have lost you, Peter, but your voice lingers, and we are thrilled to, have, thrilled to have you with us. Uh, how, are things at, how are things at Reliant Mortgage Solutions? Uh, great, John. Thanks for asking. Uh, things are going well. Rates are, are, have declined slightly from the week before. Um, frankly, where we're, uh, we just don't have a great handle on it is what the impact of the Fannie Mae COVID refinance fee, what impact that will have on rates. It's slowly getting reintroduced uh, next week, October 1st, I think is when it gets rolled out and um, it was taken away uh, with all the ire of the uh, mortgage lenders and uh, the realtor associations, but it's coming back into play, which will affect folks that haven't locked an interest rate. Um, these rates are simply remarkable. And I, I'm hearing um, tales of people who wanted 2.87, but they ended up with 2.91 and they're backing out of deals. This is insane. Yeah. Although, I, mean, um, uh, uh, I saw yesterday, in fact, I, it's, um, I, it's, it, it may be a John Adams listener with a cash out refinance. Now we've lost you entirely. Oh, you have to rejoin. If you will rejoin as a panelist, Margie can bring you on screen, which will delight and thrill our many listeners here. Okay, I've... Oh, now you're back. Now you're on. Oh, great, great. All right. Now, you were telling me about somebody. Yeah, I, 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 it's possible it was a John Adams listener, um, but a, a cash-out refinance on the home that they live in the, the final rate without any discount points, which is always the thing you have to ask, sure. was, was uh, below 3%. It was 2.875 with no discount points on, on just a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, uh, wanting some cash out in addition to a lower rate. Um, just absolutely amazing. That is unbelievable. And I am questioning who, I mean, who is buying these um, bundles of mortgages from Fannie and Freddie? I guess the United States is buying them. I, I, don't uh, know. I guess folks that buy bonds and want uh, 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 income on them. Uh, well, I, by, I agree. The time, by the time they get done paying servicing and, and a, a premium to somebody. Very thin margins. <laughs> I agree. Yikes. All right. Well, I, um, I was stunned, um, Peter, to hear um, Dave Ramsey uh, on his program, which is called the Dave Ramsey School of sure. Kindergarten Finance. Mm -hmm. 
um, he was telling people, don't borrow now because um, uh, it's better to have no debt. And I personally love debt. I, yeah. if, I mean, if I could get at 2.875, if I could get a 100-year fixed rate mortgage, I'd take it right now. Yeah, used wisely, it's great leverage. If you've got great sources for those funds and you can put them to use, it's not a sin to make money. It's not a sin to make what? money. Wait, wait, <laughs> that is our quote for the week. That uh, I thought it was. I've been watching too much ABC, CBS, and NBC. I, they've convinced me it's a sin to make money. Oh, me. Well, anyway, Peter, if people want to reach you, you have been my source, my go-to source for everything lending, uh, both non-owner occupant, owner occupant, refinance, cash out refinance um, for many years. And frankly, you're the only one that, uh, that I can recommend out there at this point. Where can people reach you, please? Uh, best way, cell phone, 678-557-9759. And the third caller is going to get a, uh, a good used car or a pony. Is that right? Absolutely. They can have their choice of either one. Well, this car is no cream puff, but it gets mom to the store or dad to the fishing hole. Absolutely. You know, one thing I'll say, John, is uh, I'm now beginning to get calls from the children of borrowers. And um, uh, there's some great opportunities for home buyers buying a home to live in, uh, putting down as little as 3%, and it's not an FHA loan, and it's got a cheaper payment. So uh, uh, for folks that have children or even yourself that uh, want to buy a home to live in, uh, I'd be more than happy to share with you options. All right, Peter Burke, 678-557-9759. Peter, thank you Thanks, for Jay. joining us and thank you for all you do for the real estate community. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right, very good. That's amazing, those rates, fantastic. All right, well, let's go right back to the program here and see where we end up next. Good grief, we're uh, almost out of time. I want to remind you, particularly today, because today is the day that the president in his role as, and in his constitutional duty as president of the United States is nominating a person. And he says it will be a woman, and I, that suits me fine, um, to fill the uh, vacancy on the Supreme Court of the United States and that is all provided for by the Constitution. And as I said last week, the Constitution is the one thing that holds us as Americans all together. We have these rights, and they were granted to us by a divine power, not by a king. And that's why we're different than other places in the world. If you are so inclined, I would encourage you to go to hillsdale.edu, select an online course, um, and then select Constitution 101. It's totally free. And it really is an interesting 
layman's review of the, the circumstances leading up to and immediately after the signing of the Constitution. And it helped me put in perspective what times were like then, because, buddy, we live in different times right now. So I'd like to know what you think. Raise your hand, and I'll bring you on the program, and uh, we'll, we'll talk some more about it. Oh, yeah, we got to do Swami Dave. Whoops, I better, we're, I'm going to go to that right now, and we'll come back to Zillow. Um, remember we talked about if you do nothing, Zillow wins. Well, Swami Dave has something to say about that. So here's what he has. Everybody pay attention. We're not getting any volume. Back on to it on the real estate coffee break again on a Saturday morning. We've talked about different social media. Oh, John Adams and Real Estate Coffee Break. Thanks for letting me jump on. My name is David Adams with Sirius Digital. Um, Swami Dave, and I am looking forward to, to sharing with you guys again and jumping back onto it on the Real Estate Coffee Break again on a Saturday morning. We've talked about different social media platforms over the last couple of weeks. Today, we are going to talk about Instagram. Um, now, and we've talked about so far, we talked about YouTube, we talked about Facebook, we're on Instagram today. We're getting really close to the end of this kind of five-week series when we've been talking on the show. But as far as a little bit of background from the perspective of Instagram, um, it's actually owned by Facebook today. It has a lot of the same types of features um, and works in a lot of similar fashions to Facebook. So for, for those of you that are used, used to Facebook, some of the things are going to seem very familiar. It was actually purchased in 2012 by Facebook for about a billion dollars. It was kind of funny. At that time, I think Gary Vaynerchuk actually is, is quoted as saying they stole it. Um, which everybody thought, you know, he was crazy and, and, and psychotic for saying that it was stole for a billion dollars. But with the valuation, I think today is around $100 billion is what they valued it as. It actually was a steal if you can do the calculations. Now, specific to the audience, it usually trends a little bit younger as far as when we're targeting and how we're actually communicating with them. Visual content, it, it was actually a, a platform that was built for visual content. So visual content actually works really well. It indexes well on that platform as well. So we're talking about in images, video, whatnot. Um, one of the things when we talk about it, the organic reach for it is declining on, on, as it is on a lot of the platforms. Um, but now, you know, realistically, I think Facebook is somewhere around 6% generically for organic content. Um, Instagram is probably going to be there pretty quickly. And it's largely because they're focusing more on their ad platforms as opposed to organic content. You're just not going to get seen as much. But then the question kind of becomes is now what do we need to do as far as working and making sure we're keeping our organic content up and hot? Um, we're going to talk about Instagram stories today and, and Instagram stories. Um, and, and realistically, the reason we're going to talk about that um, is it, they show up at the top of the feed. Now, this actually works for Facebook. And interestingly enough, as of this week, it works for LinkedIn as well, which we're going to talk about next week. But specifically, as far as Instagram stories go, they go at the top of the feed. And, and from a real estate perspective, we always know location, location, location. And, you know, this is the people too, who are your followers, who are in, kind of in your tribe. They're going to see it at the top of their feed. And, and the way the stories actually work is there are 15-second images or videos um, that you actually show up there, this content that they can see that stays on there for 24 hours. Now, interestingly enough, you can actually take multiple pictures or mul multiple photos and or videos and string them together in little 15-second clips to actually tell a longer story. And, and that's really where we're going to focus, especially for, for what it allows you to be able to do. 
Now, you can actually put a panel at the end that kind of says, hey, if you like this information, go check out something on my website. You really can't put a link there, but you could actually put a, you could, you know, put a hypertext link or something like that. You can't really put a button. If you put a button on there, it's more of a call to action, which is where you're basically saying, click this button, you go away from Instagram. They're going to charge you for that like it's an ad. But now you can actually tell somebody, hey, go look at my YouTube channel to see more content like this or any of those types of ideas and, and kind of tell them what they need to be looking at on somewhat of a generic panel or, you know, image at the end. And it'll actually work for you on the story. Now, people talk about what do I have to post? We've been talking about over the last couple of weeks having content that is postable. Um, Last week, we talked about nitroglycerin, which is what you named it, John, um, more the digital mayor type act, you know, type of content where you're interviewing everybody that you sort of meet and you're actually posting that content up to your social platforms, including Instagram. We talked about the virtual walkthrough for houses, you know, and, and that was a little bit different way of, of actually doing it. But it's sort of the difference from the carousel type effect that a lot of people do showing houses to more of a video based effect. Where, it, But again, when you're posting all these things in 15 second blocks, you can actually tell the stories you're walking through the house. Now, we haven't talked a lot about investors, uh, you know, for a lot of these social media things. Today's their day um, because I, I kind of come up with this, what I'm going to call the investors hero's journey. Right. And, and if you think about it, you can basically take pictures, take video, take whatever of the house when you get it as an investor. Right. It looked like this. And that's the, where we got the we got the rock. And then here's the kind of things that I did. You know, that might be your modeling efforts. That might be some of the marketing efforts you did. Um, and then in taking pictures along the way, taking videos along the way until we get to the end when it's that diamond, right? It was the rock. Now it's the diamond. Take the pictures, take the video. And then, hey, create a panel at the end. Here's what we made, right? It, we sold it and we sold it for this. Here's our costs. Or if we put it into some kind of a rental program, here's what we're doing from a rental program perspective over the month but realistically what you're able to do and you can actually take those in those 15 second photos or those 15 second clips and actually put that together as a story right and this is what you did for the house now specific questions to ponder when we're sort of talking about this technique um, is if you had an assortment of those pictures and you know photos and pictures and videos and whatnot how many different stories could you tell about one property right a bunch now interesting left instagram stories facebook stories even now the linkedin stories the same way they all expire after 24 hours but you could keep posting the same information about the same house and just have different pictures about it right and you could actually be telling the same story just using di different particular content to tell the story along now specific for your investors and whatnot in, that are in the audience today you know, you got to think about it. How, a lot of us have actually worked and tried to find partners, you know, talked about friends, people that we associate with, you know, a lot of people deal with, you know, doctors and, and other professions um, to work and to partner with them on their real estate investing and whatnot. How much easier would it be if you're not having to tell them what your story is for them to be able to see it in something like Instagram like this? And, and, and the, what I just really want to give people to think about here at the end is, you know, what is your story that you want to tell? Because it may not be real estate, right? It could be a lot of other things specific to, you know, who you want to talk to, what you want to tell them, and, ultimately, and then at the end, what you want them to do. And then, you know, realistically, when if, if you figure out what your story is, then the other thing to start really considering is to whom you need to share it.
Well, cool. Guys, listen, again, we're, we're running up toward the end of the segment. Um, don't forget, if you go to my website, www.swamidavesays.com, um, this enter your email address, you'll get a Facebook engagement PDF, and there's some other things that I actually send to you when you do that. Um, but other than that, John, I appreciate you letting me jump on the show today. Um, I am looking forward to coming back next week talking about LinkedIn. But other than that, you guys enjoy your coffee and enjoy the real estate coffee break. Fantastic, Dave. Thank you so much. That's cool. All right, Dave Adams, Swami Dave joins us and uh, 15 second video. I, I go an hour at a time, Dave. I'm not sure how that's gonna work. But uh, I, at least I know more about uh, Instagram than I did uh, a little while ago. A hundred billion dollars. That's sort of amazing, isn't it? All right. Well, hello, oh, John no, Adams no, and Real no, Estate no, Coffee no, Break. Thanks for letting me. All right, here we go. I found this interesting, and I'm going to touch on it before we uh, conclude at the top of the hour. But um, real quick, let me let me run through this. Um, here's the headline: Zillow is opening a real estate company that will be a member of the Georgia Association of Realtors in Georgia in 2021. There, we are one of three pilot locations, but they'll be selling real estate through licensed real estate agents who are employees of Zillow. And um, I think this is a massive step. They started as a platform, as a search platform, and now they are taking over. So look what's happened over the last few years. They've been transitioning from a search portal into a streamlined buying and selling entity that offers uh, iBuying services through Zillow offers, mortgage, title, and closing services through Zillow home loans and Zillow closing services. So we're cutting out the lenders. We're cutting out the um, attorneys. We're cutting out the uh, agents. And now the company has taken a big further step by starting its own licensed brokerage. And that's going to be called Zillow Homes. And folks, I can tell you this right now. If, if we don't react, they're going to put you out of business. Um, Zillow says it has plans to join local real estate associations as well as NAR, which is sort of amazing to me. And of course, they plan to continue the incredibly expensive and incredibly profitable Zillow Premier Agents program, although I would expect that the price for that will be going up. Last thing I heard, it was about $1,000 per zip code. I, if one of you, I'd love for you to raise your hand. And if you are or have been a Zillow Premier Agent, tell me uh, what you paid. I wonder if it varies based on the zip code or how they do that. Well, in any case, uh, I'd like to know what you think. Uh, if you're willing to come on the program and talk with me about it, now's the time to just go to the, put your uh, cursor at the bottom of the screen, click on raise hands, and uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. So uh, we talked about this also, if you do nothing, Zillow wins. And if you become the obvious expert and if you can build a relationship 
with that human being. That's something Zillow is never going to be able to do. At least I don't think. Um, I think there's a place for you as a real estate professional, if you can build those relationships, but so much for that. And real quick, let's talk about, uh, uh, rotten wood and cat pee and why I like them. You know, I can fix rotten wood. I can fix cat pee. I can replumb the house. I mean, not me personally, but I can cause it to be done. I can replace the windows with um, uh, double paned insulated windows. I can put in a new kitchen and get a bargain on a, a four piece kitchen set at Home Depot. But almost no one else can or will do these things. And that's just the reality. Nobody wants to do these things. And you and I can get paid very handsomely to solve other people's problems. Okay. And that's why I believe you and I can retire comfortably on as few as 10 little rental houses. That's a real profit play is buy and hold. And I know a lot of you people are enamored of fix and flip, fix and flip, but the taxes, you're paying 28% federal, 6% state of Georgia, and 15.3% social security. You're at 49.3% in taxes. Yeah. All right, want to remind you, next week our very special guest is going to be John Schaub, who wrote this book. I think this is one of the best books um, that you should have in your library. My friend Tom Arrington has one in his library. <laughs> and, uh, it's by my friend John Schaub, and he's going to be the special guest next week right here on the Real Estate Coffee Break. So... Um, that being said, uh, wood and pea are problems. Uh, John Schaub has handled his share of those, and I have as well, but this is what we get paid um, about $100 an hour, I figure, maybe more than that, um, to solve other people's problems. The real key here is finding a seller with problems that is highly motivated to sell. And what causes people to be highly motiv motivated? Well, cat pee or rotten wood. I've been in houses that smelled so much like cat pee that the owner was just frantic to get rid of the house because they hated the odor so much. Um, deferred maintenance can cause somebody to want to sell just because there's so apparently so much work to do. Divorce. It is an unfortunate reality that in real estate investing, many times people that need our help have been through difficulties and divorce is one of those. And I, you know, nobody wishes divorce on anybody, but um, uh, many times after a divorce, something has to be done with the property. Um, I bought a house one time from a woman in divorce and or the house was awarded to her, but she had to give 50% of the proceeds to her ex-husband. <coughs> and I said, well, what do you think you want for this house? And she said, as little as possible. And I said, what? And she said, well, I have to give half of it to my ex and I hate him so much that I don't want him to get anything. And I said, well, I think I can help. 
and I bought that house. I still own that house to this day. So, and she was delighted to get nothing, almost nothing for the house. So I'm not kidding. Uh, financial problems. Everybody, you know, not everybody watches Clark Howard. Not everybody listens to the Clark Howard radio show. Not everybody listens to this program. Many people make very bad financial choices when they do. Sometimes they have financial problems. Sometimes people face foreclosure and it's not necessarily through their own fault, although it certainly can be, but um, sometimes it's death. Sometimes it is loss of income or a combination of things that, you know, a, a medical challenge hits at the same time that there's a loss of income. So, you know, these things can happen to anybody, but if you and I are ready to help solve these people's problems at a time when they need help, um, that can create an opportunity for you and for me. So remember we talked about, you got to see a lot of houses and make a lot of offers. Um, so I'm not going to go there. I do want to, this is the end of our program today, but I want to answer just a couple of questions. Uh, Rick has a comment. Stop the, oh, okay, good. I will. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Stop share. Good. Good. Um, let's see. We're good. Um, when uh, Rick had the, the comment, the question came up about a tenant not moving out at the termination of their lease, who was given notice, this should be a violation of their lease. The eviction court should grant a hearing regardless of the CDC mandate. Yes, that is correct. However, there are judicial circuits in Georgia where the chief judge or the chief magistrate has told the clerk's office, we're not taking any eviction cases until this thing is cleared up. Now, if they would hire me as a consultant, and I'm not an attorney, but if they would hire me as a consultant, I would explain to them the exact terms and circumstances under which the CDC order apparently applies, but they don't want to know that. It's easier for them just to say, no evictions. And that's exactly what some of them are doing. Others, as in Troop County, LaGrange, Georgia, are forging ahead. And they're saying, well, in, if, it is, if it doesn't have a declaration, a CDC declaration associated with it, then there, the order doesn't apply, which is absolutely the case. Uh, in my opinion, the people that just have a blanket, no evictions order, they're not doing their job. But uh, this would not be the first time of somebody just not wanting to do their job, would it? So uh, I'd call the chief judge and I would raise holy hell. I'd follow it up with an email and a postage stamp letter to the chief judge and to the um, Georgia Supreme Court. Ultimately, all Georgia courts report to the chief justice. Okay? So, and there's nobody else. I mean, and they're elected. Unlike the Supreme Court of the United States, the Supreme Court of the state of Georgia is elected. It's not a lifetime appointment. 
I think it's, is it four years or six? I don't know. I have to look it up. But my point here is um, if the chief judge, uh, chief justice uh, doesn't do what we like, we can vote against them and we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, somebody asked, when is DeKalb County um, eviction court or its magistrate's court going to open? When are the marshals serving notices uh, in person? Um, guess what? It's whenever they want to. It's whenever the chief judge of the Stone Mountain Judicial Circuit says to the chief magistrate, you've got to start doing your job. And if I were you, and I lived in DeKalb County, and I do, and I wanted to file a dispossessory, <clears throat> which thank goodness I don't, I would absolutely um, contact the chief judge of the Stone Mountain Judicial Circuit and ask why the magistrate's court was closed to evictions when they are 100% legal in Georgia. The moratorium only applies to a very small fraction of these cases, and they're treating it as a blanket moratorium, which it is not, in my opinion. Uh, one caller, I gave my sister in Kentucky your webinar information, called her while you were talking about eviction. She's tried to get someone out of her house for non-payment and drugs. She said the CDC issue stopped her at the sheriff's office. That's a far stretch. It doesn't surprise me that it stops at a judicial office because judges tend to get robitis and think that they are um, gods among men or women. Uh, but sheriffs usually are a little closer to earth than, than judges, and it surprises me that the sheriff would do. But again, I told you, I think this is going to be in court somewhere very soon. And this is why we need to thank the new Civil Liberties Alliance pro bono law firm uh, for the uh, class action suit against the CDC. We will watch and report. Um, do to do to. Yeah, my sister said the governor of Kentucky said no one could be evicted due to CV CDC requirement. Well, I'm sorry, that's just wrong. I appreciate that the governor said that, but it's just wrong because I'm very familiar with the CDC order. It does not apply differently in Kentucky than it does in Georgia. Or if it does, I'm not aware of it. This is a national agency order. This isn't a Kentucky, um, Georgia special or something like that. Um, but again, remember these people are politicians and they are playing to the masses and they're trying to get reelected. This is what concerns me so much about the lack of term limitations that we have in um, particularly in federal office. As soon as these people get elected, they go to work immediately setting about getting reelected. It's all about getting reelected. And I'm sorry that that's the case, but uh, if we had term limits, that wouldn't happen. 
And then finally, uh, another, another viewer says, the tenant did not answer the dispossessory. So when I filed the writ of possession, the clerk told me I had to file a letter from the DOD. Oh, Department of Defense, proving the tenant is not in the military. Never heard of that requirement before. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. What you've got here is a clerk who doesn't want to do her job. And by the way, the entire judicial system, especially at the county level, is filled with people who just as soon not do their job. I'm sure that the vast majority of employees in county judicial systems in Georgia are hardworking and want to do the right thing. But it only takes one clerk to say, well, you can't do that. What she's talking about is if the person is called up to active military, they cannot be evicted. But I'm not hearing you say anything about being called up to active military. And it's up to them it's up to the, it's not up to you to prove that uh, they're, they're not in the military. It's up to the tenant to provide you with a copy of their active duty orders and say, I am not subject to eviction because I've been called up to active military duty. And here's my paperwork. Okay. So this is crazy, but Trust me, there's a lot of craziness going on right now. Folks, that is all we've got time for today. I wish we could spend hours and hours, but that's uh, where we are. I'm going to forge right past this and get to the end if I can find it. Please fill out your survey. Margie, can we get surveys out today? Boy, we are doing better and better week after week. Why does it always have to be this way? Game after game. Where is Larry Munson when we need him? Um, once again, thanks to Bill Preston at American Comfort. Make sure your heating and air conditioning is in good shape now because it's going to get cold soon. And make sure your money is in good shape. Thanks to... Peter Burke, 678-557-9759. The man is giving away free money. Money for nothing, checks for free, and the third call today gets a good used car or a free pony. Now, this car is no cream puff, but it'll, it'll get mom to the store or dad to the fishing hole. Okay? So you tell Peter you want a good used car or a pony. I don't know what you're going to do if you get the pony, but Peter will help you with the pony. 678-557-9759. You see here a large number of license numbers, which I think are very important. So that's the 3-0 mark for the John Adams radio show. I am so glad to have had you with us here today. If I can help you in any way, send me an email or go to the website, realestatecoffeebreak.com. This has been a production of the Excellence in Money Radio Network. Whoops, we already did. I got to quit doing that. 
Here we go. See y'all next week. Oh, by the way, your financial future is not a matter of chance. It's a matter, matter of choice. Make your choice a good one. So long, everybody. Still having fun, and you're still the one.